Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is June 13th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, but before we move on to chapter 10, I just want to take one more quick look at something that we learned yesterday. If you'll remember yesterday, the people are telling Samuel, the prophet, that they want a king to rule over them. And the reason that they state is because they want to be like all the other nations. They just want to be like everyone else. We talked yesterday about how important it is to be different as disciples of Jesus Christ. But today I want to talk just really briefly about how important it is to be different from the world in one specific area. We live in a world that oftentimes is cruel. We live in a world that jumps to incorrect conclusions. We live in a world that judges first and assesses later. We live in a world that is quick to bite back with sarcasm or hurting words. And my friends, if we are going to be different from the world, then we need to treat people differently than the world treats them. Elder Uchtdorf taught us that our defining characteristic as disciples of Jesus Christ should always be love. And in a world where it seems harder and harder to find genuine love for people, as Latter-day Saints, love should be our default. Let's take a look at what Elder Uchtdorf said. He said, The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is continually growing and becoming better known throughout the world. Although there will always be those who stereotype the church and its members in a negative way, most people think of us as honest, helpful, and hardworking. Some have images of clean-cut missionaries, loving families, and friendly neighbors who don't smoke or drink. We might also be known as a people who attend church every Sunday for three hours, in a place where everyone is a brother or a sister where the children sing songs about streams that talk, trees that produce popcorn, the children who want to become sunbeams. Brothers and sisters, of all the things we want to be known for, are there attributes, above all others, that should define us as members of His church, even as disciples of Jesus Christ? Because love is the great commandment, it ought to be at the center of all and everything we do in our own family in our church callings, and in our livelihood. Love is the healing balm that repairs rifts in personal and family relationships. It is the bond that unites families, communities, and nations. Love is the power that initiates friendship, tolerance, civility, and respect. It is the source that overcomes divisiveness and hate. Love is the fire that warms our lives with unparalleled joy and divine hope. Love should be our walk and our talk. Love is the defining characteristic of a disciple of Christ. My friends, in a world that has lost love, let us strive to be different from the world. Let us strive to be true disciples of Jesus Christ and make love our default mode. Okay, so let's continue on to chapter 10. Chapter 10 has a lot of really neat things in it, but the defining thing for me in chapter 10 is what it teaches us about the power of Christ in our lives and the power that Christ has to change us. Starting in verse one, it says, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his, meaning Saul's head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? 
So here at the very beginning of chapter 10, Samuel the prophet is going to anoint Saul to be king. Now, anoint is a really interesting word there. We don't usually see that for kings. It's usually something preserved for prophets or someone in a religious setting. But here, Samuel is going to anoint Saul because the Lord first anointed Saul to be captain over his inheritance. Now, Samuel's going to tell him to go out and to meet different people and to talk to different people. And let's take a look at what Saul does and the impression that it leaves on others. Verse six says, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them and shalt be turned into another man. Verse nine. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him and the spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. And it came to pass when all that had knew him before time saw that behold, he prophesied among the prophets. Then the people said one to another, what is this that has come unto the son of Kish? Now, what I love here is we see the Lord's ability to make us new, to give us a new heart and to make us better. Here, Samuel the prophet promises Saul that God will make him a new man. It says that God placed a new heart within Saul, so much so that when people who knew him before said, what has happened to Saul? What's become of him? He was hardly recognizable to the people who knew him before. And my friends, that is what the atonement of Jesus Christ can do for you and I. It can make us new. It can make us holy. It can place within us a new heart. I was never a horrible kid. I never did anything horribly rebellious, but I was a punk as a teenager. And anyone who knew me as a teenager can attest to that. I was a total punk. I feel so sorry for all my young women's leaders. I have apologized to them profusely, but I have experienced this. I have experienced the Lord placing within me a new heart and making me a new person. And I'm so grateful for it. It reminds me of a comedy of Shakespeare, one of his lesser known comedies called As You Like It. And in that comedy, there are these two brothers and the older brother tries to kill the younger brother. Everyone knows about it. He gets chased out of town. He has this change of heart. A new heart is placed within him. And years later, he comes back into that same town where he grew up, where people knew him and someone recognized him. And they said, oh, aren't you the guy that tried to kill so-and-so? And his response is absolutely one of my favorite lines in all of literature. He says, "'Twas I, but tis not I. It's who I was, but it's not who I am. He goes on and he says, that's who I was, but the past wicked self is no longer who I am. My friends, that's what the atonement of Jesus Christ can do for us. No matter where we are, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, the atonement of Jesus Christ has the ability to make us new, to change our hearts, to be born again, and to be born again better, stronger, holier. President Nelson once said, we can change our behavior. Our very desires can change. How? There is only one way. True change, permanent change, 
can come only through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He loves you, each of you. He allows you to access his power as you keep his commandments eagerly, earnestly, and exactly. It is that simple and certain. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of change. My friends, it's my testimony that as we put forth even the smallest bit of effort to change and to become new, as we put forth the smallest bit of effort to turn to Christ and invite him to heal us, that his enabling power, his atonement can come into our lives, come into our hearts and make us new so that no matter who you are or no matter what you've done, you can say, "'Twas I, but tis not I." Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.